Aromatime Bistro presents Wine Time Live, hosted by the Hudson Valley's premier green certified entrepreneurs, Marcus and Jamie Giuliano. So grab a glass of your favorite vino, sit back, relax, and travel with them, sharing their passion discovering unique vineyards, outstanding wines, delicious food, and great adventure. Facebook, hello, uh, where does he put this? Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Everywhere. So, so hello, welcome to well, Wine Time Live, episode number 13. Wow. It's porcupine time. Oh, I love porcupine time. You like porcupine time? <laughs> <laughs> it is porcupine time. We're going to be talking about a wine from Italy uh, that has a porcupine on the label, and there's significance for that, and we're going to talk about it. We're drinking Grecchetto tonight. Grecchetto, which is an Italian grape varietal. This is from Central Italy, uh, from Maturo Winery. And I'm going faster than okay. I want to, I'm going faster than this is delicious and I want to drink it. Uh, is that, that why you're going so fast? That's why I'm going I so fast. Like, <laughs> Hi, it's Jamie and Marcus from www.winerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywinerywiner
Luigi helped us plan our last trip and uh, he threw a couple wineries in that he really just adores and loves. And Luigi lives in Italy. Giuseppe, right? Giuseppe is the father. Is that the name? Is that his name? Sergio. Yeah. Sir ah, Sergio. That's right. Sergio. Sergio. Yep, there it is. Okay. And then Sebastian. Sorry, I had to find the, the page. So Luigi says to us, Marcus and Jamie, you must, we must go to Maturo. Let's, let's work the trip out where we go to Maturo. And we've sort of heard, heard about Maturo because we've seen him at the Trade Carry Awards every year. And, um, but it wasn't on our radar radar. So we looked it up and we go, oh yeah, okay, now we know this wine. We see the sun at the Trade Carry every year in New York City at the, the Big Italian Wine Awards. And um, we ended up bringing their wine in immediately. And we ended up seeing uh, uh, Sebastian again at the Trey Bacari. Uh, so it's a regular event for us to see him in New York City. So the winery, the winery, Jamie, remember the winery? So it's near Orvieto. Near Orvieto. So yes. we're, we're, so we're in Umbria. Umbria. Yes. We're in Umbria. So we're in the region, region of Umbria. You don't, you don't call them states, you call them regions. Um, so Lazio, Umbria, Tuscany, the Veneto, Lombardy, um, Apulia, um, Calabria, uh, Sicily. Those are regions of Italy, not states. So, Sergio is a very well-renowned winemaker, very famous winemaker. He's put his money in the Grichetto grape and has, has really set a name for himself when it comes to, to, to the Grichetto grape. We, so he's, he's, he's a legend. The father's a legend. Let's face it, he's a legend. And he was there. We met him. We had dinner with him, right? So, because the city that the winery is in, the archway is so small... Every medieval city in Italy has, has an archway that you have to get into because in medieval times, they would build a wall around their commune. Right, they didn't... They, they, they protected themselves. Protecting them, yeah. Protected themselves against invaders. And there was typically a lot of these communes, there's only one or two entry points to the city. And that's like that today when you go to a lot of these old medieval cities throughout Italy, there's only one or two entry yeah. points. Even Orvieto, there's one or two entry points to get in. Sienna um, too, right? Sienna too, to get yeah. into these cities. And that was now, their way. Now of imagine traveling with 24 people on a bus. On a bus. And we have to get to this winery. Like, how do you get to this winery? And we were going there for dinner. So we were getting a tour. And then we were having dinner prepared for us in the winery. And um, tell them how we actually got to the so winery. So if you've <laughs> been to Italy before or France, any of these European countries, Spain, when you get a rental car... These rental cars are typically tiny. tiny little Fiats. Mm -hmm. They're like Yugos. Yugos. They're like Yugos. Even though Yugos aren't, they're like Yugos. They're these little small Nissan, little tiny cars. They're these little, all these little tiny cars because of fuel. Uh, well, petrol. I think also for fuel, but also fuel. to get through these small little To get towns, through some of these small, small cities. cities. But fuel villages. fuel is very expensive. Gasoline is very expensive in, 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 in all these European um, countries. It's four times the price of it is here. So you buy by the liter, you don't buy by the gallon, and the liter is a quarter of a gallon. And it's like four euros for a quarter of a gallon. So you have these small cars, lots of great gas mileage. And small entries into the cities and small roads. I mean, small roads. So we pull up at nighttime to go to Matura Winery, and we pull over on the side, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, okay, I've There's never no been here before. There's no winery here. There's no winery here. Yeah. And all of a sudden... These two little cars come zipping up. They zip right up to the side of the bus. Yeah. Zip right up. And so our tour guide, he yep. says, so we now have to hop in the car. 
with Sebastian and um, Sergio. Sergio, the father and the son. The father and son. Are, one is driving one each, each car. car, and we have to get brought to the winery because yep. the bus cannot fit. This through. is how we're going to now get into the winery. The winery. So. so um, and yeah, the winery is really small. I think the archway. The archway. Even these small cars. I was a little nervous when it they was were crazy because these little small in. front wheel yeah. drive cars. Like if it, there's any 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 I, moisture on the road because everything's cobblestone, the tires just spin. Yeah, they just spin and you can't get anywhere. We'll go back to the story about Orvieto in a few years. We had a few years ago with our kids. Yes, yes. on the side of the cliff there, and the tires are spinning. Oh, that was not good. Not a good. So, yeah. um, they come in, just buzz and pick us up and buzz in, buzz out, buzz in, buzz out. We were the last ones. We, we were the last ones. We yeah. let all the guests go first, and I think um, Luigi went with the first round, so he was there, and we were back with the guests. And that going through the arches, oh I'm gosh. like, these little tiny cars going through these arches were like, these these they they, they and they were going fast, like super fast. They like, know they know <laughs> the road. And we're like, whoa! <laughs> like you ever go to New York City and you go to the and you go to park your car in one of those car garages? Yeah. And the guy gets in the car and just like speeds <laughs> off. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> How's he not hitting that? Yeah. Because they're used to that. Yes. So they're used to buzzing through this little archway, and you pull up into the square. Small little village, little like small, really, really small. I think the population, I don't know what the I population, don't know what population is. is either, but few hundred I can people. Probably look it up. Few hundred people, the population of this little little town. So Sergio's son, Sebastian, works at the winery. Sergio's other remember Sergio's other son did? He's the mayor. Oh, I didn't He's the mayor, because I joked with him. I said, You really need to talk to the mayor and get a bigger archway here to get into the city. And, and they laughed. They la he laughed. Yeah, he yeah, laughed. Yeah. I said, Maybe you can talk to the mayor about you know, expanding the road here and getting people to get into the city. So we pull up in this little tiny little square and we walk into what appears to be a normal building. It almost looked like an apartment. Well, like yeah. an apartment building. Yeah. And it was like the square, it really was a square, square in the middle. And then the buildings were all around it and the archways going in one entranceway, right? right. One, one spot. And um, it felt like you were walking into an apartment building. And I was like, wow, right. this is a winery. Right. No, nothing special nothing on the outside. Special. Nothing special. Nothing. It's not like pulling up to one of those chateaus or one of those. When you walk into this winery. It just. Like, wow. Wow. Old, old school, beautiful, gorgeous. I mean, wow. I mean, the basement. The, so we the, walked in at first. Cellar, yeah. We walked in. It was, it was like a bi-level. It was a bi-level right? almost. You walk in, you go up or down. So we yep. went down, down. And we all sat around. A um, big, big table. Big table. And we all started tasting the wine. Yep, we did one round of wine tastings. We opened. They opened a really big bottle of sparkling wine. Sparkling. For us. Yep. Was it sparkling griquetto? Sparkling griquetto. Yeah. And then from there, we went we, on small little tours. We went on small little tours because the winery has small little openings, openings. but expansive in the realm of like. Now, all of a sudden, we're going in. I, what I feel like is going into the mountain. No, no, you were going underground. Underground. Like, underground, underground. Under this village, basically. Through tunnels. Yeah. Through, I mean, it was, it was amazing. I think one of my favorite things there was how they roll the barrels down into the cellar or up, up out of the cellar, right? They had the, the, um, the platforms yes. going up so you can yep. slide the, the, the barrel up and down. I love that. And, and the way that, that, um, Sebastian showed us, you know, the old bottles down there and the cobwebs and the, it was really pretty cool. We took some of our best photos in that we winery, sure in the cave. It was so dark and they just had a couple of little ambient lights on and we were down there in, in the middle of this cave learning all about the history of Grichetto, the sparkling wines they yeah. make, 
um, and the limestone soil, which was very evident in the caves. Yeah. Because the soil was right there in the caves. I mean, that's the fun part about traveling with us, right? You get to experience all of these fun things, right? You know, uh, all these unique... things that you never would experience. You know, I, I got to tell you, the culture in Italy is is unbelievable. And that to me is is amazing. You just learn so. so they're, they're such much. great. They're such great hosts. Oh, they're great hosts. They are great hosts. So we go down there. We do our little tour down there, and then we go upstairs. And again, small winery. So our group of twenty five people has to split up between two rooms two for rooms. dinner. Right next to each other, though. Yeah. We're in two rooms. The food was amazing. The food was amazing. They had two chefs. They were boyfriend and girlfriend. The chefs, the two chefs. Yep, Remember that? Yep, that's, right, that's right. We hung out with them afterwards for a little. Were bit. they from Germany? Mm. They were from somewhere. They spoke really good English. Well, they was spoke. It, was they it spoke Austria? decent. Maybe it was Austria. It might have been Austria. And they were the chefs there. Yep. And what they made us the the roast chicken, the polenta, was actually they might have been from the United States and moved there. Maybe that's what it that's was. That's what it was. Because they spoke English. Yes, they spoke English. And very one of them, maybe one of them was yep, German or yep. something. So they met in the U.S. Yep. One was German. They went back to Europe and then ended up there in Italy. That's, so, that's what it was. And they had a gorgeous fireplace and long tables. And I got to tell you, the food was these chefs phenomenal. Were, these chefs were impressive. Were impressive. They, they impressed me. They were very impressive. They actually impressive. kicked me out of the kitchen. <laughs> did you go in the kitchen? I did. I never got to go they in the kitchen. They actually kicked me out of the kitchen. And I said, can I help you? And they said, no, no, no. You go sit down. Okay. We will take care of everything. Because one of the things I love to do when we are, um, you know, when we do go to wineries and you go tour with us is I love pouring our guest wine. I love being interactive with with the the owners and the winemakers and the cooks. I love that because it's a different culture. Like my culture is is hospitality. My culture, that's what I'm used to here in the States, you know, at our restaurant. And so I want to learn how their hospitality is, and I want to experience that. And so, to me, that's how you get hand when you do hands on. That's how I get the experience. This wine is so good. It is really so good. So glad I said get red, white today. Right, because I pulled the I pulled the bottle of Pellegrino Nero first from Southern Italy from Campania. And I said no, I want too some, heavy. Yeah, I wanted something a little bit lighter today. So dinner was amazing. The tour was amazing. The father what was and the son. Dish that the, everybody loved. Do you remember what that dish was? There was a dish. That is it on your phone? Everybody raved about. Let's see if I can find. Um, I mean, the, all, the everybody who we were the whole, whole group. Oh, was yeah. like this was an amazing, amazing meal. My, so when we're in Italy, you have an opportunity to buy wine right at the winery and bring it back yourself, but you're only allowed two bottles back. Not many people do that because most of the wines of these wineries we can get here in the U.S. So we'll tell you while you're traveling with us, don't buy the Grichetto. Because we can get this bottle in New York and it's $15 a bottle. So why fill your suitcase up with something you can get in New York? Well, they have a lot of sparkling wines that they don't import into the United States. They don't export into the U.S. So um, we, I think this winery was one of the wineries that our guests sent the most wine back to the U.S. Would that, would that be fair to say? Oh, cases and cases. Their sparkling wine? I mean, yeah. The so our guests, our guests got together. And they shipped several cases of wine back, and they all got shipped to the restaurant, and then they divided up once it got here. But I remember, like a month later, cases of wine coming in from Maduro, and we were like, "Where'd this come we're, from?" Right, and we were like, "Oh yeah, that's right." And you know what? They threw a couple bottles. They, in they, for they us. threw extra <laughs> bottles in for us, and we saw Sebastian two months later in New York City. Yes, we did. And we took pictures with him, said hello to him again. Um, so, 
Sebastian. Ah, uh, so here is, here is, I don't know. Um, so there was Sebastian. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you're watching him. as opposed to listening, I don't know if there is that. in the cave, he's holding up a bottle of the uh, sparkling, sparkling and showing us. There's some other really good pictures in there. Yeah, I mean, the cave was just so impressive. Ah, so that was And dinner. here's dinner time around the, one of the tables. And that's um, just, that's uh, Sergio right there, I think, talking. That's Sergio, yes. Let's see. Yep, yep. You have any of the food? I don't know if no. I took pictures oh. of the food. Let's see. Yeah, the food was so good. Um, let's see if I have any pictures of the food. I don't think I do because they would have been ah. But look at that. I mean, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but those that are cobwebs. Is cobwebs on those are cobwebs the all in all the bottles. Cobwebs are a very vital point of of a winery. Um, if you're watching us right now, right behind me, right there, is a picture of all um, depending upon where you're watching us. Facebook, you won't be able to see it, but on my back of my screen on Instagram ah, is... Here's what I was talking about. The rolling of the barrel up and down. Rolling the barrel, yeah. yeah. I love it. Back there is where the um, where cobwebs are in a vineyard in Spain. Um, and you can't really see... Um, let's see. Ah, but I know the lineup of what we tasted Let's there. see. Like nope, you still can't see it. Sorry, folks. They had a rosé that we tasted. Oh, yeah. Right there. So if you're watching on Facebook yeah. right there, that photo right there... Um, is all cobwebs hanging down in, in a Spanish vineyard. The cobwebs, the spiders, play a very intricate part in the climate, the moisture, the humidity, um, uh, everything that, that spider webs are a very friendly item in good wine cellars. Good wine cellars have good spiders, basically. Um, and that plays a very, very intricate part. Everything from the way that the, way the, 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 um, the filtration happens, because uh, the cobwebs catch, the spider webs catch things. So it's the filtration of the air, the humidity content, everything is, is vital, vital for when it comes with spiders. Spiders go hand in hand. So any good vineyard will have, or wine cellar will have lots of good, good quality spider webs. Yes. So Maturro's no different. Lots of spider webs down there. Really, really cool. Um, no dangerous spiders, though. It's no, not like that. No, it's no, not no. like they're dangerous spiders, <laughs> no. like, watch out where you're going. Right. No, we never even saw a spider. No. We just saw the webs. You just yeah. see the spider webs, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah. What gracious so. hosts they were. I mean, they were just awesome. I I will say they were just awesome people. And, and do you remember why the porcupines on the wine? Because there were porcupines that they put out into the vineyards, right? So porcupines... To keep away... Well, porcupines right? are, were, were, were... An endangered species. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The porcupine in this part of Italy, in Umbria, is an endangered species. Um, so, um, when they switched to organic in the late 80s, they switched to organic, uh, organic um, agriculture, no more spraying, harsh chemicals, things like that. The one thing they noticed was the proliferation of porcupines. Porcupines became came back, they recolonized, right. and they were now thriving on their vineyards. So they, they left them there for predators, right? Um, they, or, they just leave them as part of the, okay. it's just like the spider webs are there. They serve their part, but they could not do it in an inorganic way because the chemicals were harming them. They didn't want to reproduce. All these kinds of things were deterring, ah, yes. deterring porcupines in this region. And when you practice organics, you, um, Grab the porcupines. Porcupines gravitate towards it. So, you know, it's so important to do organic uh, agriculture. A lot of people say, you know what, Marcus? I know I'm buying organic carrots at the store, but I know that a lot of organic stuff is contaminated. You're right. Mm. 
organic stuff can be contaminated because the organic farmer cannot control what his neighbor does. The pollution right, that's right. in the air, um, stuff coming down, downwind, downstream. The, the farmer cannot control that. But what you're paying for when you pay for organic is you're paying for a future. You're paying so that farmer can operate, make a living, and not spray harsh chemicals on his land. And the more... The more farmers we support, the more organic farmers there will become. Right. And hopefully one day... The price, the price will level out at certain... And the price has leveled out on certain things. And then, but not only are you making better change for the farmer, for yourself, your own health, but things like porcupines, um, which, which you, don't even which you wouldn't even think of. You know, like how, how, is, how is me buying wine that's with chemicals affecting the wildlife there? And this was one direct correlation, stop the spraying, stop the chemicals, and the porcupines just naturally came back. So now, Sergio, not only is he touted for being the master of croquetto, but the master of the porcupine as well, right. and, and, and revitalizing the porcupine. When uh, Dale Lasseter, if anybody's ever read Fast Food Nation, um, the last chapter of Fast Food Nation, old book from the late 90s, not old, but... Kind of what started us on our it's path. It's what started yeah. us on our path. So, um, Fast Food Nation, you read the last chapter, and he goes through all these problems with our food supply. Then he goes, the last chapter starts off, now there's hope, and it's Dale Lasseter. Yeah. It's Dale Lasseter, out on his 90,000 acre ranch in Colorado. In we Simla. should reach out to him. We should reach out to, to Dale Lasseter. It's been a few years since we've reached out to him, probably yeah. a decade. Yeah. Um, so Dale has been growing, um, raising, he raises grass, and on that grass he raises a lot of other things, wow. but his main crop on that from that grass is um, cattle. cattle. He, they reintroduced groundhogs or prairie dogs back onto the land. Right. They and get rid of them. They reintroduced yep, them. Yep. All of his neighbors thought he was crazy because 50 years ago, you shot everyone you could in sight to get them off the land because of the cattle. Right. But they actually play a very important role in the climate, in the terroir, in the soil, in the ecosystem. And so he reintroduced them. Actually, like, got them, brought them back there and said, here, now live here and I won't bother you. Um, Dale Lasseter has... He's been honored and gotten awards from yes, um, Slow has. Food, Nature Conservancy, Slow Food. Obviously, the last chapter of Fast Food Nation's about him. You go on his land, there's bears, there's coyotes. And he said to us when we were out on the land. This is he, all part of the cycle part of, of life and the, the food cycle. and the, yeah. It is. He goes, Marcus, we don't touch the coyote. The coyote will sit there and wait as the mothers give birth. They sit there and they wait. If the mother's healthy and the calf is healthy, the coyotes won't come because the mother will fend off the coyotes. The calf is strong enough. Everybody's strong enough in that, in that ecosystem. In that ecosystem, yeah. Right, but if the mother has an issue, the mother's not healthy, or the calf is born unhealthy, then the coyotes are there to do the cleanup work. And the coyotes will come in and then do their job at that point. He goes, it's unfortunate when you lose cattle, but there's a specific reason why you lost that cattle the cattle are strong the coyotes will just sit there and they know not to, they know they know not to come around that that mother's not going to 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 give up i saw a video the other day on facebook where there was a mother chicken with her two little chicks and an owl an owl swooped in swooped in and was going to obviously take the chickens and this mother chicken stood her ground she went crazy right? went crazy and the owl went flying off hmm. So same thing out there. The mothers protect. 
The mothers protect what they have to protect. And so he lets bears. He doesn't shoot anything. Everything stays out there. The groundhog, the prairie dogs are out there. Everything. He said when they first got on the land in the 20s or something that prairie dogs were like probably trying to be the next biggest thing when it came mm. to protein. Right, right. So a lot of the ranchers were 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 out there shooting prairie dogs to try to figure out but how they can how they can turn meat, right? how they can turn it into a commercial product. <laughs> it's not, there's not and a lot it, of meat. It failed miserably. Commercial <laughs> yeah. commercial prairie dog industry that. failed miserably. Mm -hmm. He said on uh, out there in that part of Colorado. Um, so, but at, part of that was decimating the the prairie dogs. So they brought the prairie dogs back. So yeah. So all this stuff works in nature and works in harmony. And um, and this is why it's worth it to support people that are doing the right thing. And that's thing. why we support a lot of independents, mostly independents. People walk in here and yeah. say, and say, what, what if one of your wines is organic? I'm like, gee, what one isn't? Like, I know he's not spraying. It doesn't say organic on here, but you know he's not because spraying. Because organic, yes. The organic certifications are so expensive that you don't know if you don't, they don't want to spend that money, right? They don't want to spend the money on the organic certification because they don't think they have they've to. been doing it for years. For years. Why should they have to spend the money? So, yep. You know, you know. We can, I can walk down the shelves now, any of these wines here, and say, I know. They're not spraying. I know Ben Amino's not spraying stuff. Here's the Botro. I know so and so's yeah. not spraying stuff in this. I know, I, I know so and so's not. We've been there. We've seen it. I know. It doesn't say organic on here, but. That's why the spraying. porcupine's on there, because he's organic and the porcupine wouldn't live in a toxic environment. So, um, yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. I love talking about all these wineries and these trips that we do, um, you know. Uh, Check out our website, vipwinervacations.com for uh, more trips. Do you have any questions on any of our trips or you're looking for a trip? We're planning Sicily. We're planning, we're going back to Apulia. We will um, be back there soon. COVID yes. has put a damper on things. Uh, it's 2020 if you are listening to this at any other time. Um, but uh, but we are we will be back and we will be traveling very, very soon. So Absolutely, 100%. As soon as we can safely, we'll be traveling. Yes, absolutely. So if you want to look at our um, itineraries, future itineraries, we have Piedmonte planned again. We have Sicily planned. We have, and some of these trips are two years out. So you can start planning now. You can plan now. To really, to really plan a proper trip, for us, we need a full year. I know most travelers, guests, need at least nine months, maybe even a year, to be able to take off from work, budget properly. We do payment plans, so it's easy to budget because we do pay, no interest payments. So, so easy. Um, and you know, some people take their one big trip a year, and they already know, after they've taken their last trip, what they're going on the next year. So we work literally a year out, and sometimes two years out. So, vipwinervacations.com. Trips of a Lifetime with Jamie and I, yeah, your please. hosts in Italy, taking you to our friends' vineyards that are um, raising porcupines indirectly. Yeah. <laughs> and making great wine. Making great let's wine. Not, let's not uh, deter away from that. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to us. We appreciate it. Um, we love everybody's support. And uh, check us out, vipwinerevacations.com. Cheers. RomanTimeBistro.com. Oh.